Chat with Traders is sponsored by Trade the Pool. Are concerns about limited buying power, insufficient capital, or fear of losing your own money preventing you from advancing your trading capabilities? Trade the Pool is an online stock trading prop firm that offers funding for stock traders. Demonstrate your skills, trade their capital, and keep your profits. You can engage in intraday trading and now swing trading on Trade the Pool with any U.S. stock or ETF. The procedure is straightforward. Pay an evaluation fee, successfully complete the evaluation, and get funded. Visit tradethepool.com forward slash chat to learn more. You've seen the headlines. Bonds are making a comeback. But if you've ever tried to invest in bonds, you know what a clunky, complicated, broken experience it can be. That's why at Public, they took fixed income and fixed it. Now you can find, evaluate, and buy thousands of bonds with an investing experience designed this century. Add fixed income to your portfolio with corporate, treasury, and municipal bonds. Go to public.com forward slash bonds podcast to get started. This podcast is sponsored by Public. Full disclosures can be found at public.com forward slash bonds. The biggest secret of the best traders in the world is that they're just like everyone else. However, they've worked hard to learn the markets and discover what works and what doesn't. But how can you hear about these journeys and get in on the strategies and tactics they use? You can do it by listening to Chat with Traders. Here's your host, Aaron Fifield. Okay, and we're back for episode 22. Hope you've all been having an awesome week. And as always, thanks a lot for tuning in. This week, I have great pleasure in saying my guest on the show is Mike Bellafure. Mike is the co-founder of SMB Capital, a proprietary trading firm in New York City, as well as the co-founder of SMB University, which is the arm for trader education. He's also the author of two very popular trading books, One Good Trade, and the playbook. Additionally, Mike is a regular contributor to Yahoo Finance and often appears on CNBC's Fast Money, CNN Money, Bloomberg and Fox Business. But even with all of this going on, Mike is still a very active and very successful trader. During our interview, Mike delivers some great insight about traders often confusing psychology for a lack of edge and an overview for one of his favorite setups, which has been labeled the money trade. Plus, he shares the development program new traders go through when joining SMB Capital and a few top-level pointers on how to achieve a sustainable trading style. And I just want to point out, this interview was recorded on the 20th of May, 2015. And the only reason I say this is because Mike mentions a few market events during this interview. All right, guys, I'm your host, Aaron Fifield. This is Chat with Traders, and here is this week's guest, Mike Bellafure. All right. Hey, Mike, how are you? Good. Thanks, Aaron. It's uh, awesome to have you on. So um, how's trading been for you this week? Good. Uh, we, uh, we had a little bit of uh, some fun in our, in our markets with uh, Yahoo and Baba at the end of the day, particularly with Yahoo, where uh, somebody from the IRS spoke about uh, some changes that they potentially may be making. And Yahoo went down a good 7% in uh, 15 minutes or less, which is fun. I don't think everyone around the world 
gets to see markets move like that. But you know, one of our big cap stocks, certainly one that lots of people own, just took a little bit of a dive, and and we had some fun playing that. Yeah, awesome. That's a, that's a pretty big move. So, look, Mike, I'm thrilled to have you on the podcast. So again, thanks so much for coming on. I really do appreciate it. Um, and with your answers, feel free to go into as much depth as you like. I mean, it's impossible to talk too much on this podcast. And um, I mean, we're just keen to hear anything you're willing to share with us. So let's get this started by um, sort of taking us back, right back before the days of SMB and tell us where it all began for you and how you discovered trading. So I was in law school and I had an epiphany that I did not want to be a lawyer. And I don't mean to be disrespectful at all about the law or lawyers. I actually have a lot of respect for them and many of them are my really good friends. I just recognized that A, I didn't want to be a lawyer. I was in law school. um, And and B, I was going to be probably a pretty bad lawyer if it's not what I wanted to do. And so my third year of law school, I started looking around, thinking about uh, some other things that I might do. And uh, one night, by chance, I took a train into the city to visit some friends, two of whom were electronic trading. They were day trading. And I don't like to use that word, word day trading, and maybe we'll talk about that a little bit later, but they were short-term trading. And uh, one of them was my best friend from home, Steve Spencer. Um, and the other was his roommate from Wharton, Jared, who actually are both my partners to this day at SMB. And the two of them cornered me at a birthday party for Jared and told me what they were doing and you know how I would make north of $180,000 uh, real fast and that each day would be fun and new and interesting. And that sounded pretty neat to me. So I'm not one of those people who uh, has wanted to be a trader since the age of eight. I think my partner, Steve Spencer, is one of those people. But I was just one of those people that kind of was looking for something interesting to do and had some friends that were doing it and was lucky enough to, uh, to have some good friends uh, point me in the right direction. Okay, excellent. So take us through your learning process of how you actually learned to trade from that point onwards. So the way it worked was you, you came into the firm and for five days you kind of learned the trading system. So I started working at a firm and that firm uh, is still in, a, in existence. It's a, in a derivative form. Um, meaning it's much smaller than it, that it was, but it's still a pretty big firm uh, in terms of intraday trading. And uh, the way it worked is you sat next to a, an experienced trader. You learned how to use the software by trading on a demo for five days, and then they turned you on and you traded live. And so I didn't know what I was doing. Um, and I think it was sort of trial by fire There certainly wasn't an organized training program that we have at SMB. There certainly wasn't an organized, there weren't organized mentoring sessions that we provide for our new traders here. There certainly wasn't coaching arrangements uh, that are structured as we have at SMB uh, here today. This was the beginning 
of short-term trading. I was at a firm that was busting the doors down, competing with Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley and Lehman and all of the people that had a monopoly on day trading. And you know, as such, they were growing really fast and trying to figure it out on the fly, but had assembled a bunch of incredibly talented people who were crushing it in markets and uh, competing against tier one banks, doing what essentially those tier one banks had a monopoly to do for decades. And uh, they were doing the best they could. So I started working for a firm and the way that it worked was you wanted to make enough money save enough money so that you could trade your own money. We called it trading prime. That was, that was what it was called. And so I started for the firm and I made anywhere between 10 and 30% of my P&L. And when you had accumulated about $250,000 of profits, you could trade your own account. Uh, we borrowed another $250,000 from a third party and started trading with, you know, essentially 500 grand um, with our own accounts. And so after about 18 months, um, I had saved enough money, made enough money to be able to do that and traded my own account for uh, about close to a decade um, after that, before I started SMB. Okay, very cool. And I believe somewhere in that time frame you were taught by who you've called one of the 50 best day traders of all time. If it wasn't for his training, how do you think that would have changed the level of success that you've been able to reach today? So one of the things we do at SMB that's very purposeful is we have something we call team trading. We think of the first year very systematically and in a very structured way. For the first five weeks, it's just learning and trading on a demo. And then you graduate towards trader development. For the next six to eight months, you are trying different types of setups. You are trading live. You're keeping a journal. You're crunching your statistics for trades you're trading well and trades you're not trading well. Um, you are being mentored. Uh, by myself and by our floor manager, you are developing your playbook, you're developing your business, you are trying to figure out what your niche might be as a trader. Are you going to be a scalper? Are you going to be a swing trader? Are you going to be an options trader? Are you going to be an equities trader? Are you going to be a futures trader? Are you going to be a quantitative trader? What's your focus going to be? Essentially, in that first eight months, you're trying to build your business and catch the attention of a senior trader. So, you know, on our desk, like I had the eyes and ears of one of the top 50 great all-time day traders, during that first eight months, our guys and, and women are trying to convince a senior trader to impress a senior trader to work with them one-on-one -on -one and get coaching from them one-on-one. -on -one. And that's really important. Um, that's where people see a lot of success. And I think that this is where 
trader education, trader mentoring doesn't make good distinctions. There's a very large difference between coaching and mentoring, and there's a very large difference between mentoring and education. And you need all of them, but you definitely need coaching. And coaching is when somebody in real time is watching what you're doing, is giving you feedback, is pushing you, is correcting you. And I can give you a really good example. So, you know, one of our guys uh, who is, is, is doing real well and making a lot of progress over the last three months was a former Division One college quarterback. And for the first eight months of his trading was learning, but not necessarily showing progress. And uh, then he interviewed for Team Shark. Shark is one of our better traders. I wrote about him in the playbook. You know, somebody who certainly uh, is, is a very, very solid uh, intraday trader, uh, P&L wise and, and also in terms of a great leader for younger guys on our desk. And, you know, a high performing trader. Uh, you know, a real P&L guy certainly can make north of $50,000 in a month, um, but also great at review, great at preparation. And, you know, Shark interviewed this one young trader and accepted him onto his team. And you can hear the two of them talking during the trading day. I sit across from both of them and you can hear Shark saying, if you do that again, I'm going to put you on the demo. And you can hear Shark saying, if you're going to hold that position all the way through that pullback, that's fine. But then you're going to have to actually add some size up here at these levels. Or Shark will say something like, if you do that trade a thousand times, it's not going to work, so don't do that again. The point is, is that he's giving that trader critical feedback in real time, which is the best time to learn. I mean, there's a reason why coaches pull people out of games. There's a reason why a college basketball coach says to one of his star players, it's time for you to sit on the bench right now. Because that's how people get better. And so that coaching aspect, which you rightly pointed out and asked me about, is key. Yeah, no doubt. And just sort of looping back to, to your sort of journey um, and when you were coming up as a trader, just reflecting back on that time, even with the mentoring, what were some of the hurdles you had to cross, like things that you really struggled with early on? Just edge. You know, I think that lots of times people mistake psychology with a lack of edge. And people think, oh, there's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with my mind. Um, I think a lot of times just people don't understand their edge and they don't have edge. And, you know, look, if you make a trade and there's no edge in the trade, of course you're going to get upset because you're going to probably lose money. Whereas if you're in a trade where you have edge and you make money, um, you're not going to necessarily struggle with lots of the psychological issues because you're going to have made money. So um, I think that edge is hard. And I think people don't even understand how hard it really is. You know, great traders can barely be right more than 50% of the time and still be legendary traders. Yeah, I think that's really important to understand. So like you mentioned, you were sort of independently trading for many years. 
up until you had the idea of starting a prop trading firm. So what was your motivation behind this? Stupidity. I mean, I've said this before that one of the most arrogant, egotistical, uh, ignorant, stupid, ill-informed, selfish things that I ever did in my life was start a prop firm. And it was sort of like I didn't know what I didn't know. And if I would have known it at the time, I, I, I would say the things that I just said. And, and I, don't, I don't mean it, that it wasn't a very valuable experience. I just mean it's incredibly difficult to start a prop firm and grow a prop firm. We could talk about this issue for three hours. Um, but it's really hard. I mean, you are, I think the hardest thing is that um, the success of the firm lots of times depends upon you absolutely being right about certain things. Um, and some of those calls are very, very difficult. And, uh, you know, if, if you're wrong, then it's going to affect a lot, of, a lot of people. So it's a hard gig. I mean, it's been fun. I've learned a lot. Um, and, I, and I'm, I'm glad I did it, but I, I kind of didn't know what I was getting myself into. I didn't realize how hard it was going to be. It's certainly much more, it's much harder than trading, becoming a good trader ever was. Um, okay, sure. So... I'd like to ask a few questions around how you sort of personally trade these days. So how would you best describe your actual trading approach? Sure. So I look for changing fundamentals plays. So what I look for are stocks that today have very different fundamentals than the day before. That those fundamentals are increasingly better or increasingly worse than the day before. So there's a series of news headlines, there's a series of news catalysts that I'm looking for that get me really excited about trading a stock. And I populate my screens, I have six screens, I populate my six screens with ideas that fit changing fundamentals. And then I dive deeper. So if something is up or down 3% in our US markets and has a news catalyst behind it, like changing fundamentals, then I'm going to get very interested. So a good example of that today is Urban Outfitters. Their margins for this quarter and the quarter going forward are under attack. That's something that's going to get populated on my charts and I'm going to dive deeper into that. Home Depot today had earnings and one of the research notes that came out from Cantor was, hey, their earnings were nowhere near as good when you back out a one-time tax advantage. And this is a stock trading near 52-week highs in a really strong market, which is a pattern for profit-taking. That's going to be something that's going to go up on one of my charts. Uh, certainly today, at the end of the day, Yahoo uh, was was on our radar because the IRS perhaps may be changing rules. I'm not sure if that's the case, actually. I think the market overreacted. But uh, there, was, there was fear that the IRS was changing tax statutes, regulations towards their ability to spin off uh, their portion of Alibaba, which caused selling. So that's what I'm looking for. That's how I start my day. And in fact, uh, a younger guy's fill out 
a spreadsheet of stocks that I can't miss. And that spreadsheet is consumed with stocks that have changing fundamentals and with facts where they're diving deeper. Yeah, so is this similar to the approach you've followed from sort of day one and it's just kind of naturally developed? Or have you tried like a wide variety of approaches and this just happens to be the one that really resonated and stuck with you? So I've changed my style uh, many times over the years. Uh, When I first started trading, I traded more of a basket of stocks and I was more of a relative strength trader. That's how I learned how to trade. Um, I trade tech stocks. um, I trade semiconductor stocks. And I would look for, I would look for the ones that were stronger than the marketplace, and I only traded on the long side. Uh, then we hit a patch where I was more of a momentum trader, trading internet stocks. Um, then 2001 was was really a year consumed with uh, breaking news bounce trades. That was pretty much my whole year. And then for about, I was just actually saying this to a trader today who I was uh, coaching, one of the experienced guys who I was coaching um, in our conference room today, and I I was talking about uh, this trader was getting run over by certain stocks that um, he was trying to fade, and he was having lots and lots and lots of really good days, but he was putting up some really bad numbers. And we were talking about how you have to understand the difference between the stocks that are going to return to the mean and the ones that just aren't and are going to trend for the entire day and how if you really take too big of a loss and the ones that don't revert to the mean, that you're just going to rip up your whole month. Um, For three or four years of my trading career, I was was a fade trader. Um, For a couple of years... Um, I was more of a short trader um, when sort of the, I was kind of a short momentum trader when we, when we sort of have the, uh, the collapse of, the almost collapse of our economy. Um, spent the year trading ETFs. So I've traded a lot of different styles and, and now I've gravitated more towards uh, making sure there's a news catalyst behind my idea and, and being more of a, of a swing trader than when I first started when I was, I probably watched the tape a little bit more and I was, I probably traded more actively uh, than I do today. Okay, sure. So could you take us through maybe one of your favorite setups that you thoroughly enjoy to trade? Like tell us what does that look like and what are some of the things that get you really excited about a trade? Yeah, so I like for stocks, one of the stocks, one of the setups that we really like, we call the money trade. All of the setups that we teach on our desk, we give them names. And so if you come in and you take our training program, towards the end of the first module, uh, we talk about trading setups. And all of them have names. So we're going to trade changing fundamentals plays. We're going to trade second day plays. We're going to trade breaking news plays. We're going to trade high beta technical plays. We're going to trade fade plays. So they all have names. One of the ones that uh, we particularly like, we call the money trade. And that's something with very, very positive changing fundamentals. So you might walk on to a trading floor and there may be 
a company that announces that for the full year, I'll just do it generally instead of giving a specific. For the full year, they are raising guidance. And they're raising guidance by over 10%. And we're noticing that that stock is gapping up three plus percent in the pre-market. And we're noticing that its relative volume is particularly, is particularly good. And then, you know, for the first 45 minutes of the day, uh, we call that price discovery and the stock kind of chops around, but still finds a way to trade a little bit higher. And, you know, then after 10, 15, 10, 30-ish, it's actually not only holding that gap up, but holding a nice higher consolidation area. Um, and that area to be above VWAP, which is the indicator we really use, for there not to be overhead resistance on our longer term technical levels, for the R vault to be particularly high, um, and for us to be able to control our risk on the long side. So sort of playing a, you know, a gap and go, uh, we call it the money trade. We're getting behind the trend of the news. We're getting behind the trend of the price action. We're not seeing any overhead resistance on a longer term charts. And we know that there's going to be buyers in the short order, one to three days uh, behind these ideas. Okay, that's excellent. So thanks a lot for going into that, Mike. Are you a developing or seasoned day trader who trades the U.S. markets? Is the only thing stopping you from getting to the next level is having enough capital to trade? Trade the Pool is a unique online stock trading prop firm that funds stock traders worldwide. Not having to risk your own capital can help you focus on other things like making better decisions on your trades. There's no PDT rules to worry about. You got more than 12,000 stocks and ETFs to trade, long or short, and professional tools at your side. How you get funded is you show them your skills through a straightforward evaluation process. Once you pass the evaluation, you get funded and trade with their pool of money and split the profits. Don't let the lack of buying power, capital, or fear of losing your own money prevent you from taking your trading to the next level. Visit tradethepool.com slash chat to learn more. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Um, so I'm keen to get a lot deeper into how you sort of teach uh, traders. So let's start from the very beginning. So if someone who has never traded a day in their life are there any characteristic traits that you can identify as sort of going hand in hand with having what it takes to become a really good trader? So, yes, and I, I, I just would take a step back. And the reason I hesitate is, is I, I, almost, I almost wanted to, I hate when people do this to me because they do it to me all the time. When I ask questions to the people that are teaching, people always change the hypotheticals on me. But, uh, Maybe since I'm a guest, you'll let me do this. But I would just, I wonder if I would change the fundamentals, the hypothetical a little bit to sort of say, 
Yeah, I think people should show a passion for trading before they actually start trading seriously. Um, and I think that's a big thing. So, you know, if you haven't, if you haven't read charts, read trading books, read blogs, been interested in markets, and are, you know, 28 years old, 35 years old, and, you know, all of a sudden wake up and, just, and, and are thinking that uh, you want to trade, that's a little bit unusual in, in this day and age because there's, we have so many, we have so much information, there's, there's so much free education, there's so much more an ability to practice uh, whatever our specialty is these days because of the internet and Twitter and Facebook that um, if you're not doing it in some way already, if, if you haven't discovered your, your real interest in it, I, I wonder if you really do have an interest in it. Um, so I, I hope that that's okay if I change it a little bit. So I, 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 I want to see that. Well, the first question I ask people is, you know, why do you, how do I know that you love trading? And I want to see guys saying, well, I'm trading an account. Here are the trades I'm making and can talk to me about particular setups. They can talk to me about that Yahoo trade. They can talk to me about that Baba trade. They can tell me what they're thinking about Facebook. They can tell me where they think the spires are going. They can tell me where they think the VIX is going to struggle with. They can tell me when, you know, what we should see during this summer. They, they can talk to me about what would happen to the markets if interest rates go up. They can speak my language. They can talk to me like I'm a trader. Those are the people I want to be around, is people that are interested in markets. And if you're not reading about markets and thinking about markets and working on your game, this isn't probably something that you should be doing. It's too competitive. I'm looking at it on my desk right now at 6.30 Eastern time, and 40% of the guys on my desk are still here. And so you know they're working on back-testing algorithmic trading ideas, and they're preparing for the next day. How many desks are filled with guys like that? So, you know, if you just can't sort of sit there, and I, I, I equate it to my background. I, I, was, I was a high-level athlete, and um, I just know that no one had to tell me to practice. No one had to tell me to watch the Yankees on TV. No one, no one had to tell me to read books about Tom Seaver pitching. I love doing it. That's, that's what I wanted to do. Yeah, that's, that's really important. So, Mike, could you give us an overview of what the learning and training process looks like for a new trader when they come into your firm? What's the process they go through and follow? Yeah, so great question. So, we have three parts to our training program. We have the foundation, the SMB foundation. So, for five weeks, you are learning. You're trading on a demo. You're going to mentoring meetings. You are... Uh, watching videos that are a part of our training program. Um, there's different types of mentoring sessions. One of them we're going over specific setups. Another one we're just talking about stock selection. Another one we're talking about the different universe of stocks that you should be thinking about. Another one is an introduction into different types of setups that senior guys are trading. So you're just being immersed in a whole bunch of knowledge that you're trying to grab hold of. And then the next six to eight months, we call that trader development. And during that part, you're trading for the firm, you're trading firm capital. We're a P&L shop. Uh, we're exclusively a, a P&L shop. So we back all the traders. 
Um, we take all the risk on. We provide all the technology. So you're you're experimenting. You are each day playing around with different types of setups. So I talked about the money trade. You know, we also have the Raj Mahal trade. Uh, we have lots of different types of trades. So we are showing you these types of trades that have edge and that are, that are worth study and you're trying them in real time. And some of them you're going to like and some of them you're not going to like. And that's fine. You know, there's plenty of people, lots of times when I go in and, and talk to our guys about particular setups and we were just going over a play in GMCR uh, recently during our playbook checkup, which is a mentoring session where we archive a setup we really love, the junior trader presents it, and then I give feedback. And you know, instead of me sitting up in front of the students and saying, this is exactly how you should have traded it, I don't do that. I say, if you are a momentum trader, here is, here is how you want to be thinking about attacking that setup. If you are a swing trader, here is how that's different than being an active momentum trader, and here is how you would want to attack it then. And so I run through, I, I envision people being different and, be, and being different types of traders, and I, I run through the things they should be thinking about in the same trade on the same day for the same stock. And there are fundamental ways to attack that GMCR play. So, you know, for instance, one of our guys is really aggressive and he was looking at a particular level in this GMCR at 93.50 and he shorted the stock below 93.50 because it was in our wheelhouse for something we call second day plays. Essentially, if something is really weak on day one after it has earnings, and a huge level is put in. In this case, this was the low from day one. This was an important low from day one. If the next day it gets below that level, we're going to look for follow through, particularly if there's a news catalyst behind it. And there was in this case with GMCR, which was they put out a new product and the new product wasn't any good. And so he's looking at that particular setup and he's he, he shorted that stock below 93.50 and I said, wait a second, you're not wrong, but you know, what kind of trade are you making? And, and second of all, there was a, there was a big level there at 94.21 and if you're going to make that trade at 93.50, you got to make that trade at 94.21 based on the way that you're playing this particular setup. And you know, if you, and, and I said to him, you have a decision. You can momentum trade it below those two levels or you can swing it below those two levels. But uh, you got to understand that if you're going to make that trade below 93.50, you had to make that trade below 94.20. And we walked through the different ways you would attack it if you're a momentum trader and if you were a swing trader. So that six to eight month period is trader development and then you apply for team trading and so you're sitting in front of a senior trader who's a high-performing trader and you're convincing them for them to give up their time during their trading day to coach you work with you push you to be better like shark does in my example with one of our newer guys 
you, you need to be able to show that you're going to work hard, that you have some edge, that you have some setups that you really like, um, and that person has to accept you. And if they do, then you, you work one-on-one and you join a team. And your job is to bring ideas to that team trader and be a sponge and learn and get better. Um, and hopefully one day start your own team. Yeah, that's excellent. So generally speaking, how long do you expect it to take the newer traders before they start hitting certain targets or certain goals with their trading uh, where they start to become profitable? I think you got to give it a year. I have no expectations of anyone in the first eight months. I think between eight months and 12 months, we need to start seeing some progress. I'm giving you a general guideline. It doesn't always work like this. Sometimes it's a little bit sooner. Sometimes it's a little bit later. But uh, since you asked a question, that, that's, that's when we want to start seeing a lot of progress is uh, month 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Um, and, and you really should be, able to, you should be able to make a little bit of money um, during those months and, and, and be, over, be over the learning curve. Okay. And how would you say that might differ for the traders who are more in the retail space who probably don't have quite as intensive coaching? as what's provided with a prop firm? So I don't know. I'm not an expert in the retail space. Um, I do, there, there are some people that I've, I've noticed who um, are particularly, I think are probably pretty good helping retail traders. Um, I have not, I have not verified that. I'm just saying as a, an observer, it's my job, part of my job is to, know who the new best traders are going to be and where they're coming from. And there are some places I see guys taking things very seriously where people are being taught edge trades, trades really with edge. And some of them reach out to me and, and talk to me about their ups and their downs. Um, I do notice that even in – there's one particular – there's one particular group that I think is pretty good, and I'm getting a lot of uh, their students who are reaching out to me. We don't really compete. I mean, they're in the retail space. I'm a P&L prop shop. Um, they're kind of selling them a chat room and a, a, a sort of a DVD-ish series. And uh, you know, our main business is to build traders and give them capital and give them technology and show them lots of different ways to trade other than just one. Um, and you know, help them be seven-figure traders. And so, um, I notice I notice that one of the things that's difficult for retail traders is is capital. You know, guys, I, I I've I've met guys. Um, this is not uncommon. Um, I can tell you in the last twelve months that I've had conversations or or have met eight retail traders who went from. $25,000 to above $500,000 to uh, below $200,000. And most of them are saying, why am I going from above $500,000 to below $200,000? And a lot of times it has to do with them just not having learned um, some of the basics that you might learn at a prop desk, such as managing your risk a little bit better, 
um, such as sizing a little bit better, such as uh, understanding what your best trades are and trading them bigger, um, such as simple things like having an intraday stop loss. You'd be surprised how many people don't have that. Um, so there's, you know, it's like when you play sport, there's basic things that you learn as you're growing up. You have those, those, those fundamentals built inside your game. They don't have that. Um, they've learned edge perhaps, but, but they haven't really honed. That's what I see anyway from my seat. They haven't necessarily honed very, very solid fundamentals. Um, and you can't really become great at anything without those solid fundamentals. You can't really skip over those steps. You may have periods of success, but you're never going to be elite uh, without getting that part really strong. Um, have you ever seen a, a really elite athlete that didn't have a really strong core or a really strong base? It's sort of the same thing for for trading. Okay, right. That makes a lot of sense. And you mentioned in there risk management. So what are some of the basic sort of risk management rules that you teach your traders in terms of sort of daily, weekly, maybe monthly loss limits? And on the same note, if a trader has like a good morning and makes a nice profit early in the session, is there a simple risk management rule they can follow to avoid giving back what they've gained um, later in the day? Sure. So I think 25% is a good rule to think about as you're trying to build your bank. That works for certain types of traders. It may not work for other types of traders. I like to think of traders in two particular buckets uh, for, for simplicity and and not to make this too complicated, but I think there's probably swing traders and I think there's active traders. And so for swing traders, I think you need to sit down and understand what your best setups are. That's why I wrote the playbook. I wrote the playbook to give people a way to categorize their favorite setups, to understand what they are, to be able to discern the variables of them specifically. If I tap you on the shoulder, Aaron, and I say, what trade are you in? and you tell me you love it, you need to then be able to tell me immediately the variables of the trade and why you loved it. And if you can't do that, that's not particularly a sustaining style. As a trader, lots of people say, I kind of know it when I see it or I feel it. No, you don't. No, you don't. You, you, you write down variables and you measure them so that you internalize the setups that you truly are best at. Don't tell me about feeling things. I want to know based on past research and work and study and statistical verification that the setup that you're telling me is, is really going to work, is really going to work. And so um, in the playbook, I sort of roll out ways to capture your best trades and then think of it as if you're a swing trader risking two to five percent on your best setups and building from there um, as a, an intraday trader i think about risking 30 percent of your intraday stop loss and building from there i just had a conversation with a guy today who is an experienced guy who we're trying to bring into the firm and he was saying to me I'm not used to, I'm not used to trading um, with a stop loss, an intraday stop loss. And, and I said to him, 
I don't really know what you want me to say to you about that because we're not used to actually having anyone be given capital who doesn't have an intraday stop loss. I can help you to trade within those parameters, but we're not going to be in a situation and you're never going to be scalable as a trader. You might think about it. If, if, you can't, if you can't come up with a system for how much you're going to risk per trade as a swing trader, if you can't as an intraday trader come up with a system as to how much you're going to risk per day as an active trader, you can't be scalable. And if you can't be scalable, then why are you actually even in this game? Where are you ever really going to get to? We're not trying to do this so that you can make $50,000 a year. We're trying to get this so you can be as good as you can be. And that means being scalable. And being scalable means that you understand how much you're going to risk per trade. And it's in percentage terms. So I like 2 to 5% for swing traders and 30% for active traders uh, per trade. And I like to think about a 25% give back rule for guys who are just starting out. Okay, that's excellent. Thanks for sharing that, Mike. Now, just want to touch on psychology and sort of the, the mental aspect of trading. And you've worked uh, sort of firsthand with Dr. Brett Steenbarger. And for those who are unfamiliar, uh, Dr. Brett is one of probably the most respected sort of authority figures on the topic of trading psychology. So, Mike, what was it like working with him? And what were some of the great psychology lessons or pointers that you picked up from him? You know, so we're actually having SMB and Dr. Steenbarger are holding a uh, an event in New York City for networking, um, where we're going to have a couple of beers and uh, invite outsiders to come and, and meet us and and meet Dr. Steenbarger um, in New York City. And so that's actually on our blog, and hopefully, if this gets up before this Thursday. Um, we'll see some of you, uh, unless you're in Australia, and then in that case we probably won't. <laughs> but uh, so, you know, I've been thinking about, you know, one of the things that I notice about um, Dr. Steenbarger to me is that I don't really consider him to be just a trading coach. I consider him to be a life coach who just happens to teach trading. And one of the first things that you can't help but notice from Dr. Steenbarger, and if you work with him, that can't escape you personally, is just how generous he is. He literally will, I'll ask him a question, and he'll say to me, give me a call after nine o'clock, we'll talk about it. And we just were dealing with a, an issue internally at our firm that I wanted to get right, and we had a 45 minute conversation about something and I hung up the phone and I said to my wife, I mean, that was an incredible conversation. I just can't believe how much I learned in 45 minutes about a topic that I found interesting and I had thought about for a long period of time. And he was, he was just at such a experienced level of thinking that it, it was just incredibly helpful. Um, so I, you know, the generosity is just something, and, and it just it kind of wear it, it wears off on you. You feel like after being touched by him that you're going to be more generous to other people. Um, so specifically, the things from him that I think are very very helpful for retail traders and for guys like us um, are 
keeping a trading journal, understanding that you're not, if you don't have trading edge, you can have the strongest psychology in the world. That's not going to be particularly helpful. And if you've noticed, he writes a lot about studies and quantitative work um, of late. I think that you got to sort of be able to you got to sort of be able to understand that as a trader, you really are an elite performer, and that means taking care of yourself, stepping away from the game at times, uh, balancing your day so that you're intaking a lot of information that you need, um, but also having restive times or, or restful times, not restive times, restful times, um, treating this as a, a performance sport and, and, and best practices that he's sharing uh, to, to better perform. Yeah, well said. All right, well, this has been unreal, Mike. Um, I mean, your answers have been incredible and I'm sure we could keep going, but we should probably start to wind this down. So let's roll through just a couple short questions to take us out. Um, now, one question I always like to ask um, the guests on the show is, in your mind, what's the top reason why such a large majority of traders never reach the high level of success they initially set out to achieve? So that's a tough one. I think it depends on what type of trading that they're doing. My answer to that would be they're choosing a type of trading, a product or a time frame that doesn't best fit their personality and their thinking talent. So specifically, if you don't think fast, you can't be an active, you're not going to become a really good active trader. You'd be better off being a global macro trader. Okay, that's great. So do you have a favorite quote or one final piece of advice you'd like to leave with anyone who is listening? Sure. And it's the way that I finished uh, my book, The Playbook. And it's the greatest lesson that I've learned from trading and from running a firm over these years, which is you can be better tomorrow than you are today. That's awesome. I love it. Again, Mike, this has been incredible. So thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. But before you go, uh, can you share with listeners where they can connect with you and uh, find out more about you and SMB Capital? Sure. Just go to smbu.com and you can find us there. On Twitter, I'm at Mike Bellafury. My email address is mbellafury at smbcap.com. Great. Awesome, Mike. And you've published two books, uh, and those are One Good Trade and The Playbook. So could you just give us a brief overview of what each book is about? And um, is, it, is it possible to read them individually, or do we need to read One Good Trade before reading The Playbook? So One Good Trade has become sort of the go-to book for proprietary traders and for retail traders. If, if you go to a proprietary desk globally, and I just sort of say this informationally, um, if you go to a, a proprietary desk in London, in Australia, in other parts of the United States, at the beginning or at some point, somebody's gonna say to you, you should read One Good Trade. And so One Good Trade is a, a series of do's and don'ts filled with anecdotes of traders that I've trained, some who've made it and some who didn't, who did some silly things or did some really, really great things, have some really best practices for you to copy. 
So it's the trading principles that you need to grasp filled with stories. It's a very fun read that uh, if you're starting out and you're taking this seriously, at one point somebody's going to recommend to you. And the playbook, I actually think, should be read next. And the playbook is a reflection on how we built our firm as it's presently constituted. It goes over very, very significant review processes that have helped our traders become high-performing traders. It introduces a series of very different types of traders and characters and their journey while being topped off with a very specific trading setup that I've mentored them on. And then it gives you a play-by-play -play chat of that trader who has become successful sharing a very specific trade and me giving them critical feedback, um, showing that trade, walking through that trade. Um, and so it's, it's, it's a deeper dive, it's a serious dive into how you pull out your best trades and archive them and build from them in markets and gives you a way to build from your success, to, to find the trades that make the most sense to you, trade them more often, trade them bigger to be a better trader. Okay, good one. And if uh, anyone listening wants to pick up a copy of either of those books, I'll place a link in the show notes at chatwithtraders.com forward slash Mike. And I'll also include links to the website and uh, your Twitter profile as well, which you mentioned uh, just before. So Mike, absolute pleasure speaking with you. Let's stay in touch and we'll speak soon. Okay, great. Hey, next time you are in New York City, please stop by and, and say hello. No doubt, man, for sure. Thanks, Mike. Thanks a lot. Hey, what's up? It's just me again. Thanks a lot for listening to that interview. I hope you found some real value in it. Mike gave some incredibly insightful answers, touched on a lot of great pointers and went into quite a bit of detail, which was really nice as well. So thanks again, Mike, for coming on. And I just want to let you guys know that you can download the free guide that I've put together at chatwithtraders.com forward slash 17 lessons. Now, this guide is titled, The One Thing I Wish Someone Would Have Told Me Before I Started Trading. So I put this together by reaching out to 17 proven traders and asked them what was that one thing they wish someone would have told them before they ever started. So I got 17 responses. I've collected them together and put them into a free guide, which you can download at chatwithtraders.com forward slash 17 lessons. So essentially, I mean, that's 17 of the most valuable lessons from 17 proven traders. It's a great resource. Go there, check it out and uh, let me know what you think. Shoot me an email. All right, guys, I'll catch you next week. And if I don't speak to you in between, catch up. You've come to the end of this episode of Chat with Traders, but don't worry, more great episodes are on the way. To stay updated with each great new episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast in iTunes, and we'd love it if you leave us a rating and review. We'll see you next time on Chat with Traders. Oh,